Hi, I'm Brian Kramer, author of H2H, Human to Human, and host of Leadtail TV. Is it time for a radical redefinition of the role of CMO? My guest, Roan Morgan, CEO at Demand Lab, certainly thinks so, and she makes her case throughout our conversation as well as in her book, Change Agents. In today's episode, we drill into what that new CMO skill set looks like. How in the weeds do marketing leaders need to get with their technology stack? How can they align with their sales partners in making revenue the team's North Star? And where does creativity and the human element fit in? Here's Roan. Roan, it is so wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on Meetail TV. I'm really excited to be here, Brian, um, and uh, can't wait to dig into this really interesting conversation. I know. Thank you. So we're going to dive right in, and I'm going to start here with just a question, actually, about your book about change sure. change agents. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk to, talk to you about that book because you make a case in the book for a radical de- uh, redefinition of the role of CMO. The reality is, is that right now. Today, CMOs are being held accountable for revenue impact. And a lot of that is because of the writing and the thought leadership that came out from attribution uh, platforms, you know, perhaps marketing automation. Um, because I think, you know, when we started over 10 years ago, um, it was still just like, hey, how many leads are you getting in the door? Uh, and I'm getting this many. Oh, how many, how many are you closing sales? It was still so utterly siloed that it wasn't even, there wasn't a strong connection yet. Um, that was, you know, for us starting in 2009, but before that, when I was actually doing marketing for companies, we, the communication was still just really um, uh, disconnected. So now today, uh, they're being held accountable for revenue impact for not only influencing revenue, but also clearly generating revenue. So being the team that's bringing in the leads and making sure that those prospects are, that their quality, like quantity is no longer interesting quality. And so are you, are you pulling in really engaged, really excited, really interested people that sales can talk to. So your conversion rates are really, really high compared to where they might've been from marketing to sales. Um, But I think that the reason for that is that, you know, we now have the capabilities. So technology also has advanced tremendously over the last 10 years. And now, you know, marketing has always, I think, been highly connected to the audience, highly connected to, you know, uh, the voice of the customer um, and, and caring deeply and owning that relationship in many, many different ways. So marketing, as you know, has so many different um, categories within which they're working, right? Uh, Customer marketing, you know, loyalty, that sort of thing, um, demand gen, et cetera. So, now um, they own uh, all of that technology. Really, they're the biggest buyer of tech of tech 
uh, it's been shown by a lot of most of the different um, analyst firms out there. Um, they're, so they're the closest uh, organization to the customer. They have all the technology that is customer facing. Um, they are also the biggest consumers of data. Um, and so with all of this, and then of course you have to layer on actual things like content <laughs> that people care about. So you've got, you've got sort of this foundation of technology and data process um, and the connection with the customer and then, you know, um, I think this deep connection and care for the customer. There's not another organization in a company that I think is better equipped to, um, to take this on today. I'm, I kind of, it kind of makes me think like in the midst of all that, do you see where creativity exists in all of that? Um, it, it, are you seeing like where they're allowed to be creative anymore? It kind of like, it, 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 I mean, I hope it's there. I want it to be yeah. there. Cause that's kind of yeah. where the, not only the fun of it, but also the, what separates a brand from another brand and speaks to the audience and creates the, you know what I mean? Like, what do you think about that? So it's, it's interesting that you asked that question because it was probably three, four years ago when I came to the team and I said, everybody stop for a minute. We are implementing marketing automation. We're accelerating how people are using these systems and CRM and all the ancillary marketing and sales enablement and all of this stuff. And, um, but why? You know, so it's sort of like there were so many people that were buying it in this sort of idea of if you build it, you know, they will come and um, and just doing tech for tech's sake in a way. And it got to me, I, I sort of had this existential crisis where I thought, I can't, I, this is not fun. And I, I think it's true in marketing teams as well, because there's a lot of pressure for this sort of traditional marketer to put on these this sort of digital capabilities and these this data analytics capability. And um, I, ha I happen to think that, uh, so, so we took a step back and we took a look at what is our purpose as a company. And our purpose is to absolutely make uh, this technology, the data and everything work for companies. But we decided we have to layer on that, that um, sort of, the level of engagement, authenticity, humanness, as I'm sure you can, you know, uh, dig. Um, and so I, the way that we look at it is marketing requires talents of all sorts, and you can never lose that creativity. Machines will never create machine. Well, you have seen some poems coming out of machines that seem human, but um, you know, I don't believe that the machine can replace the creativity um, that the humans can bring to that. And it's, there's the creative in terms of um, artwork, uh, you know, what fonts to use. I was a graphic designer in my early 20s, so I really honor creativity. I love that. But also there's the creativity and just thinking about, well, how am I going to leverage the data and segment the data to create a personalized, engaging experience? I think that takes a lot of creativity as well. So 
um, there's that that should never be lost. And it should be really, I think you need to lock arm in arm with those folks. Um, I also am curious about how much a CMO should be in the weeds. You know, we work with, we've, we work with a lot of CMOs and their teams. So many, many levels of executive um, marketing leadership and into the, the field marketers and how to support them best. But at the end of the day, I think a CMO needs to be deep enough. They need enough knowledge to know what is possible. Um, they should not need to know how to execute in a system. So they need enough knowledge to know what's possible. I think also they need to be able to know how to hire the right people mm. to make what's possible actually happen. Um, and, and I'd say finally, and something that's really, really critical here is knowing that your systems are set up to give you the right reports and insights that you can trust. You know, we had a small story. We had um, uh, a client, this was some years ago, and we came in to take a look at their, their instance. Um, and uh, we did an audit and we reviewed a lot of the reports and it turned out that um, the reports were wrong. And these were the reports that were being delivered to the board. And the CMO had no idea um, and I remember the team coming back to me and saying, Roan, uh, what do we do? How are, I mean, should we tell them? Like, how, how are we supposed to deliver this news that these executive reports have been wrong <laughs> for a year or however long it had been? I mean, it was a long time. Um, and the answer was like, uh, the answer that we received back from the client, because of course we did tell them, was I didn't hear that, you know, like, uh, no, <laughs> this can't be right. This can't happen. And, and there's, you know, we felt deeply for that individual and for the team because you, they just put all their trust into a system and then let it run. And so um, anyhow, so, so that's something that I think is, is just super critical knowing that you have the reports that you can really use, and obviously they have to be the right reports, but bringing true insights to you, knowing enough about the system so that you can hire the right people, that doesn't necessarily mean a, a, a certification always. Um, our hiring process is pretty arduous, but that's because you know it should be uh, as an agency. I mean, but how are you making sure that the people you're putting in place truly know their stuff? Um, there should be some rigor around that. And just being sure that you know what is possible with these systems and hire, and then, then you've got those people in there to just chug it away and make awesome stuff happen. Um, to me, that's, that's where the CMO, because you're right, they need to make sure that the brand is, is still is protected and that there's, there's that, it's a big job as a CMO to be orchestrating all of this and the digital MarTech, Side, it's just one side of that at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's so big and yet it's so small compared to everything else, which is, it's kind of funny because you think about Scott, uh, Scott Brinker's um, MarTech stack that we've all seen and it's like massive. Um, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's overwhelming the amount of possibilities that we can all put in 
And, um, and, and it's impossible to know the real thing about them is you really don't understand them until you actually run real data through them and you see how they work. Where should someone with a mar traditional marketing background start? Technology is constantly moving. I think the younger people are always going to be up on it. You know, I'm not going to go to my VCR joke actually. Um, but what, what I think they can do is really uh, look at where they're strong uh, and also be clear about their mandate. At the end of the day, um, there are how many now? 8,000 <laughs> technologies on that uh, Scott Brinker map. Um, you definitely don't need all of those. And there's tons of redundancy. Um, but if you're, so for me, it is understand your mandate. Um, there's still traditional marketing that must be done even before you bring in technology, you know, you know, being clear about the market, being clear about the product, being clear about the audience. So there's quite a lot of work that without that, the technology isn't really going to serve you, um, as well as it could, and it can serve you exceptionally well if you have these foundational pieces done. So for me, understand the mandate, understand where you're strong, and then find the people to fill the gaps because nobody should be everything. Um, and you know, bring in an amazing team. And you know, we talk about that a little bit in the book uh, Change Agents, which is how to build that team beg, borrow, and steal. And some of our most successful clients have actually brought in people from IT to be a part of their marketing team because perhaps, and the, I'm thinking of one, one client who's been around for many, many decades. And so their marketing was much more traditional. And as they knew that things needed, and they're just like taking off because they've embraced um, the technical side there so much so that they're bringing people in from that organization to drive and to lead. So, you know, it's, it's be really clear on your mandate, understand, you know, get all of those traditional things taken care of and fill the gaps with um, mm. great people. So I'm curious about what are some specific examples where marketers need to get more familiar with and comfortable with data where they may not be right now? Yeah, um, so data is really complex and you're right, um, you, you can, you know, it's coming from so many different um, channels and, uh, and it's moving you know, all of it. And, and there are also a lot of ways to structure data, right? So I would say just understanding how data can be structured and just getting some of that knowledge, unless you're going into that space professionally, then of course, it's what you know. Um, but what can they get more familiar with? Understanding the data structure, understanding data integration. So um, how does data, how do platforms get connected and data flow between platforms. I think this is one of the most important elements of, um, you know, I don't know if I've talked about it yet, but at Demand Lab, we have started talking about what we call um, marketing-led customer experience. And so for us, 
a marketing-led customer experience. It's, it's bringing that traditional customer experience, which used to be very fragmented across many different organizations within a, a company, and, and, and really taking marketing to the next level of the customer champion, um, you know, the journey creator, um, experience innovator. And how, how can you do all of this? Well, you must be able to integrate your systems across the organizations from marketing uh, and all of the ancillary things that marketing is doing into sales, the CRM, and all of the sales enablement tools. So all of this data is getting fed and then into onboarding, customer success, customer marketing, um, customer service. All of this information does need to flow. Maybe not 100% needs to flow across all, but you need some of that data to flow throughout everything. And so in order to be really successful in, as a um, sort of marketing-led customer experience executive, uh, it's around integrations and it's understanding data structures. It's, so as, you, as you're looking at, at um, that, as you're, so leading the organization is one side of the challenge, but eventually we get down to having to lead teams through changing the way they've historically um, done mm -hmm. things and are currently doing them. How have you approached this part of the process where everyone's nodding their heads until it's time for them to change? So that's such an awesome question. And it is one of our absolute favorite challenges um, because once you can get past this, like the opportunities are endless. Um, but, you know, I think that it can be considered something that's a bit too daunting. And people say, you know, it's too much. I, I don't even want to do that. Well, first of all, you don't have to change everything at once. Um, and secondly, I think that, you know, from a marketing marketer's perspective, um, I like to go in and promise to change as little as possible, especially when we're talking to sales, um, because we're there to serve the sales organization. Um, you know, and by that, I don't mean, hey, I need a new sell sheet. Okay, we're going to make you one. No, no, we're there to make this, we're there to make their lives easier, to provide them the insights, to provide them content and tools and, you know, as much support as possible, but from a very team, very collaborative um, perspective. Um, and so, you know, when they're everybody's nodding their heads and yes, we're into it. We're, we're ready for this. Um, where do they get hung up? I, I think something that could be, for me, the biggest challenge is just um, an alignment on perspective. Oftentimes their KPIs are not well aligned. And so you need to think about what are their ultimate goals and how can you perhaps shift and modify those goals so that they're heading in the same direction. Um, and, you know, how do you integrate things like the process and the data again? So I go back to integrations. Um, mm -hmm. Those are some of the, the biggest challenges. And, um, and I'll also say, you know, we have the, the most successful clients that we've worked with have zero ego attached to anything. And the last 12 months have been, well, insert your preferred adjective here, 
Um, we're all dealing with a lot of change and a lot of new challenges. And in, in all, we're dealing with a lot of th different things. Some cases, learning to let go of things, um, we're all holding dear. Um, but putting that in a business context, um, is there a particular best practice or even just a common belief about marketing that you see holding teams, companies, people, marketers, CMOs, anyone back? What I think now is really critical moving forward is um, kind of let's see a shift in the mindset of the CEO and the CFO. And that is a much more strong embrace of the CMO. Um, and I, this could be its own conversation. I, I think actually you and I could, could probably riff on this for a long time, but you know, um, we need to be really clear about what is it that the CMO and the entire marketing organization is bringing to the table. And now it's a, a lot of revenue. Um, there's, they're, they're, the mandate that CMOs have now is like, you must bring or contribute to 30, 50, 70% of our revenues. Um, so sort of, I would say shift the way that you're thinking about marketing in general. Um, and if budgets are getting cut, um, you're making a huge mistake. So I think also last year budgets were cut. People had to manage and that was, you know, you had to kind of err on the side of caution. And the first thing that would go from a CFO, we actually did a webinar about this and a webinar on how to counter this and you know what to do to avoid, to actually directly deal with these conversations and um, avoid too many cuts. Um, so, so marketing cannot get cut and it's actually been proven in, previous downturns that the companies that double down on marketing are actually the ones that come out most successful and far ahead of even the people that sort of stabilized, um, you know? So I would say that's one thing, move forward, look ahead and trust, absolutely trust your team. So I wanna end on a lighter note. Um... I saw that you're currently living in the south of France. No, so now I'm having FOMO. Um, <laughs> and because it's supposed, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I'm so, lucky. how I'm is working abroad, good. how is working abroad, living abroad with your family and changed, and how's that changed the way that you work? How's it changed the, your perspective on marketing? Um, I wouldn't say it's changed my perspective on marketing. Um, and that is, I guess, because I'm just really focused in terms of what I think marketing does and, and should be and how it, how it can be. Um, and, you know, we were actually, our team was 100% remote, probably around 2000, end of 17 into 2018. And, and before that we were at least half remote. Um, and I spent, we probably spent a year prepping before moving here. So, because I 
wanted to make sure the team felt really well taken care of. Um, and and uh, so I even, we talked about what would my calendar look like, uh, all of these sorts of things. Um, on a personal note, it's wonderful because I don't get a single phone call until two o'clock in the afternoon. So I've got a lot of time to focus in the morning because nobody's up before, well, nobody's typically working and making calls at 8 a.m. Eastern time or 5 a.m. Pacific. Um, so, so that's, my, my perspective on marketing, um, I think has, it's influenced more on, on my past, you know, working internationally when I, I worked for two years in Cameroon, Africa, running marketing and sales. Um, and I worked for a while at a theater company because I wanted to give back to the community and they were a phenomenal theater company and, and I did marketing for them for a while. I loved it. So that's, that's sort of set for me what marketing is all about. Um, now, what's really, how it's sort of impacting us as a company is, um, well, for me, I'm, an op I'm like, what's the next opportunity out there? And so we're starting, we've grown um, and are, have been hiring into an EU team. Um, and we've actually already been serving time zones from you know Pacific time zone into Asia, Singapore, and that sort of thing. So um, now we can just do it a little bit better since we have more people in the EU, in Europe. Um, and uh, I th I'd say that um, you know the biggest focus is really around our culture um, and really maintaining that because, and this is something I know a lot of companies are going through certainly last year, potentially into this year, um, all, all of a sudden you're remote, all of a sudden you're only seeing people on video. Um, and how does that, that just change, you don't have those sort of coffee uh, break moments uh, anymore. And so you just have to really focus quite a bit more on communication, absolute transparency, sharing information, celebrating moments, and finding ways of, of still continuing to really grow that culture. Beautiful. And all while getting to live in one of the most beautiful places on earth. So cool. So excited. With the best wine, the best cheese, the best baguettes. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm living through you right now. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Leadtail TV and joining me and sharing of yourself over the last, uh, uh, roughly the last hour and, and, and you know, so much rich, richness and goodness. And, and we can't wait to uh, catch up with you again and see the growth and the great stuff coming from you. Sure. Well, this was wonderful. I appreciate the really thoughtful questions and um, have enjoyed the conversation quite a lot. So thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hi everybody, Spencer here on the Leadtail team. We want to thank Ron Morgan for being our guest on the show today. If you'd like to continue the conversation, tweet us on Twitter at Leadtail or our guest at Roan Morgan. If you'd like to hear more from Roan, you can check out her podcast, Revenue Rebels, or read her book, Change Agents. If you want to see the full video interview series, you can find this episode and more at LeadtailTV.com. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Have ideas for the show? Do you know someone who would be great to be a guest? Drop us a line at studios at leadtail.com. Thanks.